You're listening to Spice Radio 1200 AM's The Morning Buzz with me, Kieran Audula, and we're speaking to Sherry Hanley, Director of Policy and Community Action at Community Food Centres Canada. We're talking about a new national resource report by Community Food Centres Canada that takes an in-depth look at working age poverty. Single working age adults experience the highest rates of poverty and receive the lowest amounts of government income supports, and Sherry is going to tell us all about it. Sherry, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you so much for having me. So please tell us about the report and how it was conducted. Sure. Well, we, we were seeing an increasing trend across our community food centers of working age people coming in and, and looking for support. Um, and we had seen over the past few years the data also showing this trend, but we really wanted to dig into a bit deeper. So we conducted focus groups across the country and spoke to about 60, 60 people in urban, rural, and northern communities um, in eight different community food centers. And we really saw that, that there were a lot of those folks experiencing poverty and food insecurity. And the types of folks we were talking to were both working low-wage jobs and on social assistance. So people, you know, working in retail, hospitality, office administration, and so on. And for those who actually were on social assistance, pretty much all of them wanted to be working, but were experiencing economic barriers to getting back into the labor market. And why are we seeing that single working Canadians tend to be the ones that slip through the cracks? What's going on there? Well, I think we're seeing a real shift in the labor market. We, like over the past 20 years or so, the labor market has really changed to what academics are calling a non-standard, um, non-standard employment, which basically means there's more people working part-time jobs on contracts, temporary positions, and there isn't the same stability out there for folks that there used to be. So a lot of jobs no longer have um, health and dental benefits, pensions, or even sick days, and we're seeing um, some real challenges with that. We're also seeing that wages are not keeping up with the cost of living or inflation. Um, and then, you know, when people fall down on their luck, you know, in, in the past we had social assistance programs or, or social safety net that actually met people's needs or were designed in a way that reflected the labor market of the day. But today's reality is, is that the uh, social programs we have don't actually match the cost of living. We have a number of people who are on social assistance living in deep poverty and, um, you know, it's, it's not realistic. It's not, it's not really helping anybody. And do you think a lot of it is to do with the fact that I'm just thinking about, you know, the policy that comes out. A lot of it is, of course, targeted towards family and children. And fair enough, they do need the supports as well. But how much is really targeted towards, you know, individuals who are single? Exactly. So this is what we're seeing. I think, like, you know, for a long time, there's been an assumption that people who are working age, you know, the, the answer to being down on their luck and, and you know, living in poverty is to go and get a job. So we know right now that the labor market isn't necessarily as stable as it used to be for people to get a job, and we're seeing that, that jobs aren't the answer of getting out of poverty. But as governments and as society, we've, we've kind of ha- had a, a sense that families and, and children are more deserving of support as our seniors. But um, you're right, there's a Canada Child Benefit for families with children, and there's a Guaranteed Income Supplement for seniors. And both of those programs have actually reduced food insecurity and poverty amongst those groups significantly. For, for working-age people between the ages of 18 and 64, there's very limited support. There's a Canada Worker Benefit that provides some support to low-end uh, workers who are earning low wages. But anyone who's on social assistance for not working, aside from the GST credit that you know a lot of Canadians receive, there isn't anything for people on social assistance. And they're really struggling um, to make ends meet. Basically, um, for single-age people, uh, working-age people living below the poverty line, their average income is $11,700. Wow. So you know, the government programs are, are not helping them you know, live with dignity and actually you know, save money to get back into the labor market. 
Now, also, one of the things that stood out of the report, too, is it highlights that nearly half of single adults, 47%, live in unaffordable housing compared to the 17% in other household types, and 81% of shelter users are single adults with low income. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Definitely. I think, you know, we're really seeing the cost of housing has, has increased, you know, across the country dramatically. And, you know, for working age people, if you're single, so you don't have children, you don't have a partner, Paying housing on one income is a real challenge. And if you look at anyone who's on social assistance specifically, you know, in B.C., the social assistance rate is, is roughly around $900 a month. And the average cost for one bedroom in the Vancouver area is $2,800 a month. So it doesn't add up. So we're seeing a lot of people who are making some really tough decisions. So they're, they're clearly paying more than the, you know, recommended 30% of income that the government recommends for affordable housing on rent. Um, and we're also seeing that, that um, yeah, as you mentioned, you know, 89% of folks who are in the shelter system are single. So you're not able to keep up your rent and you fall into homelessness. Or you may be living in very crowded or unsafe situations because it's all you can afford. Um, and it's, it's a real struggle. So the first bill that people tend to pay is their housing. So they're basically, you know, putting their whole social assistance or majority of, of their, their wages towards housing. And then skimping on foods like uh, on their food or medication. So a lot of the folks we're seeing coming into our food centers um, are there because they've got nothing left at the end of the month for their food, um, or if they have any dietary uh, considerations because of health issues, they can't afford nourishing food. So people are making some really tough decisions, and housing is the first bill people pay that they can't barely afford. And Sherry, do you find that the pandemic, especially now post-pandemic, has really made people recognize the fact that there really is a lack of social safety nets? I, I think for sure we do. And I think we saw really um, a lot of uh, advocacy at the time around people who are working part-time jobs. I think we saw a lot of trends uh, of people who are working part-time contract positions having more challenges, frontline workers, people who are working in factories and retail, being there and required to work without any sick, sick days or, or benefits and working on low wages. So they, they were really put at the front lines. And if you're working low wages, you were living perhaps in apartment or crowded situations where you know, you'd congregate living, people living you know, on top of one another, and the spread of, of COVID was much higher amongst uh, low-wage earners and racialized communities as well. So you know, who typically have been seeing higher rates of poverty due to systemic racism and for Indigenous people, intergenerational, intergenerational impact to colonization. So we saw a disproportionate impact of COVID on, on certain groups uh, because of uh, low wages being earned, the types of part-time jobs, the lack of benefits. Um, we did see some advocacy around that, you know, from government stepping up and providing um, some, some band-aid solutions between, but we have not seen a shift long-term in the labor market since then. And now knowing this information from this report, you know, what role can the government play in addressing this issue? Well, CFCC Canada, we're a federal-facing organization, national, so our focus is on the federal government. And, you know, going back to what I mentioned before, that there's clearly been uh, government action on families of children and, and seniors. You know, it's kind of seen as a, a deserving group to invest in. Those groups shouldn't be living in poverty. And I think what this report shows is that we've got people who are working very hard um, working probably harder than a lot of uh, a lot of us might be working, and we have people who've fallen down on their luck and are stuck in a, in a vicious cycle of poverty on social assistance. I think what we need to do is, is recognize a society that this group is also deserving. Every Canadian is deserving of living with dignity, and this group has been forgotten by government policy for too long. So we're calling on the federal government to um, 
to invest in a Canada Working Age Supplement to take an existing program, the Canada Worker Benefit, and, and reimagine it so that anyone who is working age, whether they're working or not, has access to this program, and we're looking for it to be more generous. So we're looking for the federal government to step up and specifically create um, an income floor for this group um, to, to help them live with more dignity. Sherry, I want to thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Is there anything else you'd like to add before I let you go? Well, I'd love folks to go to our website, cscanada.ca, to see the full report. It really talks about, you know, the startling numbers, you know, 40, um, as you mentioned, 47% uh, living on affordable housing and 24% of working-age singles living with food insecurity. So it's pretty stark, uh, stark numbers, and we really need some action. And the report tells people's lived experience, their actual stories, coupled with the, with the data. So I think it's really important for people to understand what their friends and neighbors might be going through. Thanks again. You take care. You too. Thank you. Bye.